0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast series, 10 Themes for Investing for Tomorrow. Each month I talk to an investment expert from Capital Group to discuss various challenges and opportunities for investing for tomorrow. And today's topic is ESG. And to discuss this, I'm joined by Belinda Gann and an ESG Investment Director at Capital Group based in London. Belinda, lovely to have you with us. Thanks so much, Lisa. Now, environmental, social and governance investing, or ESG, is everywhere and it's only going to get more important. We hear the terms ESG and sustainable investing a lot, but what do they actually mean?
1: That is a great question, uh, but it's not an easy one to answer. And that's because there's no single definition around the world that everyone would identify with. The reality is ESG and sustainable investing means different things to different people, depending on where they live, um, their influences, and how they really think about the world. And of course, different generations might have different views and priorities. So there's no
0: uniform view, not even across EU countries. And we've got all sorts of different local regulations and labels, etc. But there's more disparity, I think, as well. Yeah,
1: you're right. Um, There isn't a single view. Um, Everyone has that slightly different uh, definition. And, you know, we have seen this. If you look at some of the criteria for the ESG fund labels, so whether that's the lux flag, um, the French ISR label, or the FNG um, label in Germany, you can see these differences come through. I think the other point it's important to recognise is that individuals will have different values, um, financial objectives and risk profiles. So the investment approach they might seek is likely to, to, to be different. And you know, for some, it might be that integrating ESG considerations and active stewardship is the right approach for them, whereas others might seek to achieve a very specific environmental or social objective. So it really
0: is a complex picture. Now, ESG has different definitions in different locations. People might think of different things for each letter in effect. So can you give us a sense of the types of topics investors think about for the E, the S and the G?
1: Sure. Um, Let's start with the G. In essence it's about how companies run and makes its decisions so it relates to things like the board of directors the corporate culture um, risk management oversight things like that the e that includes topics we're familiar with so climate change um, but also water management waste management it might be pollution resource use and efficiency so again much broader than climate change within the e and in terms of the s i've actually let this one last intentionally because it essentially covers everything between the E and the G. So for example, it includes topics that you might expect, such as labor standards, health and safety, and human rights, um, but also things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, health and nutrition, and access and affordability. So uh, as you can see, there's many things covered by those three letters.
0: Absolutely, Belinda. It's a huge, broad range of topics there.
1: Perhaps you can talk us through an example. Absolutely. Um, This time I will start with the E. Um, Climate change and the energy transition is obviously a hugely important topic. Uh, Companies are often branded as either heroes or villains, but it's not actually that black and white. So take semiconductors, for instance. Semiconductors are used in a wide range of consumer electronics and they also have a key role to play in the energy transition because they're used in electric vehicles, um, solar panel arrays, and wind turbines. So semiconductor manufacturers might be thought of as simply a hero, um, but that's not all there is to the story. Because the production of semiconductors is very water intensive and with water stress growing as a result of rising global temperatures, we need to think about how companies are managing their water usage. And from an investment perspective, it's also important to consider because a number of the hubs where the chips are produced have been exposed to severe long-term drought in the past. The leading companies um, have been able to proactively address this issue and they've done that by developing new approaches to water management where they can recycle 90% of the water used. Because they now consume a very small percentage of fresh water, they obviously have a lower environmental impact um, and they're less exposed to future drought and water shortages as well. So
0: every single topic is hugely complex and needs an awful lot of investigation from your side. Now, of course, when we talk about e-environment, we have to think about climate change. You were talking about water scarcity, energy might be the big topic of this year, if not for many, many years to come. What are your thoughts on
1: this? Um, You're right. It's certainly not a topic that's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, We've seen um, a lot of focus uh, historically, and there continues to be uh, more focus on climate change and decarbonising the global economy. Um, We're seeing countries and companies trying to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement. Fossil fuels are often villainised and targeted for divestment, Um, but I think the debate has become more nuanced with the rising energy prices, inflation reaching new highs, and the challenging economic environment. And there are so many layers of complexity. Um, But if I were to step back and summarise why tackling climate change is so challenging, it's because not only are we trying to reverse the process of industrialisation that played out over centuries, we're actually trying to do that in less than a generation with ongoing economic expansion and a growing population. And we need to do this while ensuring a just transition. So what does that mean? It means you know we're thinking about the workers and the communities that are currently dependent on these emissions intensive industries uh, and to ensure that they have reliable, accessible and affordable energy, particularly for the most vulnerable people.
0: Well, yes, again, you've just showed the complexity and you've also thrown in the S element of ESG. So let's focus more on the S part of ESG. You mentioned a number of topics earlier. So could you talk us through another example?
1: Very happy to. Um, I'm going to pick a slightly different topic. So we hear a lot about diversity, equity and inclusion, and I think we'd all agree that it's important. Building a diverse and inclusive culture leads to better ideas, better business solutions and just better opportunities to attract and retain talent. Yet, getting this data from companies is is more difficult than you might think. Um, Last year, we did research on human capital um, and that surfaced as a material ESG issue in over three quarters of our sector-specific investment frameworks. And when we did a thorough review of disclosures um, that exist um, based on more than 10 different metrics, and we looked at things like gender, racial and ethnic diversity, we actually found that there are some major reporting gaps. So if you think about it from our perspective, it makes it really hard to do comparisons um, and assess who's leading and who's lagging on that front. So what do we do uh, when, when we're in a situation like this? Um, we try and engage with the companies, and last year we did so with over 1,500 companies across different industries and countries, and we all sort of asked the same thing, which is improved data disclosure um, based on indicators that we thought would actually be really valuable to investors um, to help us make our investment decisions. And, um, yeah, we have, obviously, it's an ongoing, that's a lot of companies we've engaged with, but we have been encouraged to see some progress Um, for a number of companies so far.
0: So engagement, communication, always so important in so many streams of life. And now to G, governance. So it's the last of the letters, but uh, is it any less important?
1: No, it's definitely not any less important. And many would even argue that it is the most important from an investment perspective. As a reminder, we're talking about things like robust oversight and risk management, board independence, um, strong ethics and corporate culture, and of course, remuneration that's actually aligned with the long-term rather than short-term success of the company. So these things are super critical. A good example to illustrate this is a company um, that used to be Europe's leading payments processor. Um, There were actually a string of corporate governance red flags along the way. So there were very few independent board directors, no audit committee, and poor transparency and disclosure. Now, it turns out the company was involved in corrupt business practices and had a series of fraudulent accounting activities which artificially inflated its profit, and ultimately this led to the company's insolvency. Another way of thinking about the G is that if there are issues with it, then there could also be negative impacts on the E and the S. So let me give you another example to illustrate this point. Not too long ago, um, there was a UK fashion retailer which made the headlines for poor labour practices in its supply chain. There was an undercover investigation which showed that the factory um, supplying the company with apparel had actually been paying workers um, far less than the national living wage. What also came to light was that the employees were subject to terrible working conditions. Um, There wasn't adequate health and safety measures. Um, To give you a sense of what what this actually means, uh, during COVID, uh, their employees were forced to work without sufficient social distancing in place. They didn't have um, personal protective equipment. And even worse, when employees tested positive for COVID, they were still forced to work throughout their um, sickness, which obviously put others at a higher risk of infection. So what is the impact of this? Well, unsurprisingly, perhaps, um, there's been a significant negative impact on the company's share price um, as these issues have come to light. And
0: in that last example, you're showing the crossover between governance and the S of ESG, of course, as well, painting a very complex picture. So with all of this in mind, why do you think people invest with ESG in mind?
1: I think people invest with ESG in mind because it gives them a way of aligning their financial investments with the way they see their world. Um, every individual is going to have a different investment objective um, and different sustainability objectives as well. So it's a very personal choice and there isn't one right or wrong approach, but it is hard. Uh, I think I think we've um, talked through some of the complexities today. But the one thing I would say is that the the good news um, is that there are plenty of experienced investment professionals and ESG experts who are researching and evaluating ESG issues every day um, and and individuals can access um, that expertise through the different investment options that are out there. So I'd encourage everyone to do some homework um, and see what might work best for them and their situation. Well, thank you so much, Belinda.
0: You've given us great homework for this month and also pointed us to the fact that there are many experts out there available to help us as well to investigate more about ESG for our own purposes. To find out more, you can check out our podcasts on investments on the Paper Jam Delano Capital Group websites. Thank you so much for listening. This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinion of that individual and may not necessarily reflect the views of Capital Group or its affiliates.